Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is the author of the book, Live, Learn, Love with an Open Heart, Ms. Therese Sherelle. Thank you for joining me. And thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, we. Um, so I came across your page on Instagram. Um, <laughs> like, I, 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 it was like you had some quotes and they were very interesting. So I said, okay, let me um, just do some research and look at it. And it, it was very interesting. And then I found out you were a relationship coach. Is that correct? Yes, I am. So what exactly is a relationship coach? Well, a relationship coach is a person that helps you to navigate the waters, I'll say, in ways of a relationship. Of a, um, relationship. So it's similar to, you know, life coaching or spiritual coaching. You know, there's different types of coaches out there. But my specialty is just helping people to gain a deeper appreciation and understanding of relationships and how to be their best selves in relationships, how to cultivate those healthy and meaningful relationships. Because that's what it's about, right? Being in healthy, mutually beneficial relationships. That's what my book is about. So that's what I strive to do with my relationship coaching. So how long have you been doing it? I really just started, actually. It just came about after I wrote the book. The book has been out since December 2018. So with my author speaking component, I wanted to do life coaching, but I think that because my book was on relationships, that that was the route to go. Although, of course, in life, there are relationships. So I kind of use them in conjunction, but um, mostly I like to deal with the relationship aspect. So you said you wrote the book in 2018? Yes. How long did it take? Like, what year did you actually start the process of writing it? I actually started it in 2018, about, I'm going to say maybe March, April of that year. And it was released in December of the same year. So relatively, you know, some months, there were periods of inactivity. Life was still happening. I stopped writing for a while because I lost my oldest brother. So, I mean, you hear people say you can write a book in 90 days. Of course, it just depends on, you know, you, um, the subject matter and your process. I was on the time frame because I was writing a book with an organization that I was affiliated with, the All Access Foundation, and that was one of the areas that they mentor young women in. So the goal was to have the book released by the end of that year, and I was able to push through with that. Did you have a doubt that you would get it done? Yes and no. Do you mean get it done that year by the deadline? Yeah, yeah. I did not doubt that, but something that I experienced is, you know, life life is always going to go on. So it doesn't stop because you're writing a book. It doesn't stop because you're in a relationship. It doesn't stop because, you know, you're sick or you lose a loved one. So I never really doubted that it was going to be done, but there were some things that affected or influenced the time frame because I initially wanted it to be released in September, which was... Um, a birthday before my 33rd birthday so I wanted that was my initial goal like you know what I can do this you know September a birthday the number 33 was symbolic to me of my earthly ministry beginning I thought about Jesus you know when he was 33 years old and it just was a, a symbolism to me and I thought you know what I can release this nine um you know my birthday 33 symbolism and 
I didn't meet that goal. So I was a little discouraged, but it really just, I was discouraged, but encouraged at the same time. Like, you know what? This is my first goal. All right. I didn't meet that, but I still have what? Three months left. Let's get it done. So I really just refocused and rededicated myself and pushed myself. I had some late nights, early mornings, made some sacrifices in my relationships. And I was able to complete the goal. And December 16th, I had my book release here in New Orleans, Louisiana. So in the book, did you rely a lot on your own personal experiences or other people's experiences? A little bit of both? What did you rely on? I would say mostly mine, but it is coupled with the experience that I've known people to go through. But it is more of a personal, you know, experiences that I've had with family members, with friends, my relationship with God, myself, um, and, you know, and others. So mostly mine for the most part. So when a person is looking for a relationship coach, do do they prefer uh, the person to have and be in a relationship? Can they, can the sing, can a um, relationship coach be single? Do they have to be involved with somebody? I don't necessarily think that you have to be. Um, I actually know a few single relationship coaches, and then I know some that are not single. So I guess it just depends on, you know, how the person feels and if they're comfortable with you. Of course, me not being in a relationship now doesn't, you know, discount that I have been in some. So I can give you, you know, some ideas and tips of those basic elements or components that we should look for in healthy relationships. But it's just about knowing what you do and don't want from a relationship and about what you are willing to do. So, so, what, would you, so what would your response be if somebody was like, well, how the hell are you going to tell me what to do? You don't even have a man. <laughs> really, though. I thought about it. So I would say there's a reason that I don't have. It's not that I can't find one or that I can't get one. But in this particular season, this is my season of singleness. And that's what I need to be in order to achieve my goals and accomplish the purpose that God has for me, my assignment. So, no, I don't have to be in a relationship at this time, you know, to know what you should and shouldn't do or should and shouldn't want. Now, the other side of that is all relationships are not created equally. But I feel that each one has the power to teach us about life itself and others. So I'm single right now pretty much because I want to be. This is what I feel I need to be at this time, not because I can't get anyone. Okay. Now, on your, on your page, you talk a lot about um, self-care, loving yourself. So I want, in your own words, I want you in your own words to explain why is that so important. Well, it's so important because if you don't love yourself, how can you expect someone else to? Or if you don't love yourself, how can you teach someone else how to love you? So I believe that it's, it's, a, it's a process. So, you know, in order for me to, to love you, I must first love myself. So if I'm in a relationship, I have to teach that person because, I mean, they have been in relationships before, but I'm a different person. So that's where the, you know, not all relationships are the same um, aspect come from. I need to teach you and show you how I want to be loved. And that I believe is a reflection of how I love myself. So the time that I spend with myself, getting to know myself, um, also relates to me on the relationship that I have with God. 
who knows me better than God because he created me. I'm created in his image and likeness. And I believe that when we begin to see ourselves as God sees us perfect in his sight, then that's how we'll be able to influence our relationships with others because we'll see others in a different light. So I think that's very important in terms of knowing um, what it is that you need to do for yourself. So for me, you know, different people have their self-care regimen. They have, um, you know, time set aside. Another big thing I like to share is about having a healthy balance. And that's something that I think most people, single and in relationships, struggle with because there are so many things competing for our time. You know, we work, we have kids, we have businesses, we're involved in other organizations. So we don't always have that time that we set aside for ourselves. And it seems that sometimes, you know, some things are getting more time or attention than others. So for me, a part of the self-care process is making sure that I have time for myself, whether it's time for meditation and prayer, whether it's time that I read a book, I love to read. So, you know, whether it's time, I love to, I love candles. I love music. So whatever your thing is, you need to make sure that you have a healthy balance and do allow that time for yourself. So in chapter eight of my book, the chapter is stay true to me. So it's about just staying true to who you are, being the best version of yourself and being the person that God created you to be. Not the person you portray yourself to be, not the people, not the person people think you are, but just being true to you. And that comes from knowing who you are. And that comes from spending time with yourself. So just like you spend time with a partner, you talk to them, you get to know them, you spend time with them. That's pretty much, you know, how you develop a, a healthy relationship with yourself. Is there a certain amount of time that you allocate for self-care? There's not a certain amount of time. Um, you mean like an hour, a day, or just, I mean, yeah. I don't really have a certain amount of time because I am so involved in other things, but I do try to do it weekly. So let's say I don't do it every single night. Then weekly I try to, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take a walk. I'll read. I'll just, you know, shut my door, light my candle, put on my music, especially if you're a parent. Um, and you have children, it's kind of hard, but you have to steal those moments. So it's not where I can block out hours and chunks of time. So if I get 15, 20 minutes, if I'm taking me a nice little bubble bath for those 20, 30 minutes, just soaking, just, you know, relieving myself, just allowing the pressures of the world to be momentarily released in those few moments, then I take it and I appreciate it. But I think it would be healthier to set aside those chunks of time. So yeah, I will strive to at least during a day, if no more than 30 minutes. And that's doing my walk or just my, you know, close the bathroom, lock the door type of thing. I would advise that you do try to set that time if you can. Do you feel like you actually set enough time aside for yourself? I don't. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't currently. And I am a work in progress, as we all are. So I am definitely trying to get better because, like I said, I am um, I am single. I am I have a full-time job. I am working on a business. I am writing another book. I am involved in several other organizations as well as in my church. So it seems like everything is competing, competing for our already limited time. I mean, there's only 24 hours. So I work for about eight. You know, then I will come home, cook, do homework, you know, watch TV for a little bit, 
you know, have to give my daughter some time. Then I talk on the phone, or, you know, log into this meeting to do that. Then I want some me time. So pretty much I don't set as much as I should and would like to, but it is something that I'm definitely going to work on. And that goes with, that'll make me better and well-rounded. Just being, you know, a total, a total holistic person. You want to just take care of your whole being, not just certain parts of it. You mentioned that you're a parent and you have businesses and you um and you have a full time job and you go to school, so you got your hands <laughs> in a lot. So has there ever been a time where you did take take some time for self care and you felt guilty about it? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to say yes. Okay, so was there some time that I did take self-care and I felt guilty about it? I'm going to say no. There were times that I wanted to and should have. I'm actually trying to work on a little getaway. <laughs> we going to keep that to ourselves. I mean, you know, even one day, you know, even just so, you know, and, and I feel, I do feel bad about it. Like I said, I, I am a parent. Um, I have one daughter. And, you know, it feels like, wow, mother-daughter time. But I'm just like, you know, mommy just needs one little day. And I do kind of feel selfish when I think about, like, you're a parent, you never really get a day off, especially if you're a single parent doing it by yourself. So it's like, you know, you never get a day off. But I'm like, mommy just needs to, you know, take a break one day, go check into hotel, you know, just just get a room just to, you know, just to get that peace. So I haven't done it recently. And well, I don't really think I can name a time that I probably have done it that wasn't for business. Now, you know, I've been away before, but I guess it was for a business purpose. I didn't really feel guilty. Like I was just actually getting away to go have a fun trip. Um, and especially with everything going on right now, I'm not able to do that, but I definitely would like to, at least for one day, can a sister get a day? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to tell you the reason I asked you that question, because a lot of times right. women, especially like, especially mothers and women in general, they always tend to put the people they love first. Like no matter what's going on, like even if they neglect themselves. So that's why I felt that question was important. Yes, it is. Thank you so much for asking. And that comes with the, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. So when I'm the best version of myself, the the most well, you know, rested and, and replenished and refreshed, that definitely trickles down into all areas of my life. You know, my daughter, my job, my businesses. So you definitely want to make sure that you are, you know, you're healthy, you're taking care of yourself. And even like I said, even if you can get that day, you know, whatever time that you can get for yourself just to, you know, just to relieve that stress or that pressure, even for those brief moments. Now, when the opportunity presents itself and, and hopefully it will be soon, yes, I would like to, um, to do that. You did a series called Black Kings Matter. Um, yes, I did. What, what inspired you to do that? Well, it was actually a series that was done by an organization that I'm a part of, My Sister Code. And it's like a networking organization with women. We're currently on Facebook. And we wanted to, to really highlight and showcase the kings, especially with what's going on in the world with the police brutality and racial inequality. And one of the, the sisters, we, you know, the queens in the group, she has a book called While He Sleeps. And it's pretty much showcasing and highlighting what's going on now. It was pretty much George Floyd's story 
Say when I say the title again. Say the title again. While he sleeps. Okay. By author Dean Miller, and it pretty much is Joyce George Floyd's story before it happened. You know, the book is is very similar to those events that led up to that. Hmm. So, with everything going on, the sisters got together and decided that we wanted to have a show. You know, to kind of highlight and showcase them and to find out what was on the king's mind, how they were feeling and how they were processing being a black man in America at this time. So, you know, me being a member of the organization, I was just a part of it. So it's actually something that we were doing for this month. We have two more. It's Thursdays for 8 p.m. CST, you know, different time zones because the ladies are all over. But it's been for like the past four Thursdays, and I believe we're going to go to the end of this month with the series has it been getting has it been difficult getting men to talk to y'all no um each lady you know invites a guest so i had a guest on last thursday and then the thursday before so as many ladies in the group but in terms of the state holders and the state holders are ladies that represent each state each one of us um had to invite two to three you know guests not all on at the same time, but throughout the weeks, we each get to invite, you know, a male guest per week. So it hasn't really been hard. You know, I reached out to the guys that I thought one is a pastor, of course, to get that aspect of it. And then the other guy that I had on last week, he's a CEO recording artist, you know, a younger black guy um, here in New Orleans. So it was very good to hear their perspectives on what it is being a black man now. Um, And for the older guys, how it was, how it's different from when they actually grew up. So it was very good to have different opinions and to hear that from our kings as well. What made you choose those two gentlemen? Um, the fact that one was a pastor, that's that's like my family. He's very, he's real. You know, he's not a, a pastor like a, a holier than thou. He's a real man. You know, he's still a man. So he gave it from a standpoint of, of being that, you know, of being both like, okay, I'm a pastor, you know, this is um, their response, but this is as a black man growing up, you know, being raised by a single mother, you know, having sisters, having the concept of um, it takes a village, you know, he's older. So the time was different from the guy that I had on last week. Him being a younger guy, um, black male, he's a CEO, he has a, you know, record label. He's an artist, a dancer, you know, getting that perspective because he's a younger guy. So it's likely, in my opinion, that he probably experiences things differently as the pastor because he's older. So he definitely, you know, sees or has experienced different things or maybe view them in a different way. He was good because he was actually part of the protest. So, you know, he also gave his insight and experiences with being a part of the protesting that was going on. Listening to both of them. Did you did you find their perspectives to be different, uh, the same? How did you get their perspectives? See, being that they, there was an age gap that you mentioned. I think that it was one had experienced police brutality and the other one had not. Um, the older guy had not. And it was amazing to me because I know growing up, you know, back in those days, I'm going to say the 50s or 60s when we were just, you know, getting started with the civil rights movement, times were different. So I would have probably thought that he probably, you know, would have experienced it if he was out there at that time, you know, because we had a lot of teenagers and everything at that time. So 
their experiences, they were kind of different. And the questions, because we had different questions, you know, that we asked our guests as well as the host asked. So it was different because of their experiences and also because of the questions that were asked and how they responded. So the the um your brand, you mm-hmm. launched it in what year again? My brand. The the coaching. You started in 2018, right? Well, no, actually I'm just starting that now. The book was done in 2018. So the oh, brand the thing, the coaching is under my business, Transforming Consciously LLC. Okay. Is which is just launched this year. So what's your overall vision for it? My overall vision. You're relating to the business, correct? Correct. My overall vision for the business is to pretty much help clients to understand and appreciate and acknowledge the variety of relationships in their lives. I like to say that all relationships are lessons and blessings. And I just want them to understand how our relationships greatly influence and shape who we are. And even if the relationships don't last, or don't work out the way we want, there is still a lesson and blessing to be learned from it. And I want them to take them lessons and, you know, bring them in a future relationship so that they can be better and know what to expect. But it always gets me back to the not all relationships are different, but I do believe there are some basic elements or components that constitute a healthy, successful relationship. So it's really much just getting them to understand how to set healthy boundaries how to stay true to them and how to cultivate those healthy and meaningful relationships in all aspects. So I speak about the relationship with God, with your family, with your finances, with your spouse, with your children, with yourself, and, you know, in a business setting. So it's not just relationships, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, spouse. I encompass all relationships. You sound like a pretty well-rounded woman. Where'd you attend school? I attended, you're referring to college or just here, period. College. I attended Norfolk State University in Norfolk, Virginia, the seventh largest HBCU at that time, with a paralegal, with a BA in political science pre-law, and I also have a master's in business administration from the University of Phoenix. Okay. So you, so has that, has that been, have you been able to tie them, the degree in the business all together? Has it been smooth? Well, the MBA more so because you know, some of the courses that I took in school kind of relate to the things that I will do in my business if I haven't done them yet, some aspects. The legal side, not as much, not yet. Okay. Okay. Well, look, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to do this. Um, You know, again, we all work in adults, so, and then hearing your stories, and you got your hand in so much, so (laughs) I just appreciate you carving out the time to do this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. You you asked some real good questions. Oh, thank but you. I appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having me. Can I now do you can I share some information about the book where they can find it? Or no, you? no, 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 no. We're not okay, here for that. No, of course you can't. <laughs> I don't know if it was a, if it was reserved for a certain part of the show, you know, a little later. You have a certain point. No, nah, I'm a, no. Of course, you could do it. I'm giving you your spot. I was going, I was going to ask you, but you beat me to it. <laughs> I beat you to the punch. Thank you. So my book is "Live, Learn, Love" with an open heart. Life lessons on cultivating healthy and meaningful relationships. You can find it on Amazon.com, Barnes and Nobles, 
You can also find it on my website, www.terisharel.com. And that is spelled T-E-R-I-E-C-E-C-H-E-R-E-L-L. You can follow me on Instagram at I am Terisharel. On Twitter, Terisharel. And Facebook, I have a Terisharel and a Live, Learn, Love page. Well done. <laughs> I wanted to thank you all for listening. I appreciate every every listen that I get. I really do appreciate it. Thank you all the love. Thank you for all the love and support you've shown my podcast. Y'all have a great day.